Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I am super thrilled to introduce Katie McCann, who is a Chicago-based former dancer, performer, and teacher, who founded the really important Dance in the Parks which is a professional dance company presenting dance in parks throughout Chicago. It's a really important initiative and I'm so thrilled to be able to put the spotlight on uh, dance in the parks. So hi Katie, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So you're in Chicago at the moment, are you? I am, I've been here for almost 15 years. Okay, that's quite, that's quite a long time. So before we talk it about is. dance in the parks, let's... Let's talk about your own journey a little bit um, that sort of led you over those 15 years up until to come to Chicago. When did you personally start dancing and what made you start dancing in the first place? Uh, I started dancing very young. I think I was four. Um, and I don't actually remember, oh, I want to do that. I think I was just one of those kids who couldn't sit still. Mm-hmm. And my mom just kept putting me in things. I remember a gymnastics class that I did not enjoy. I remember like th- going to lots of things because she. I think she just wanted to wear me out so she could have a minute to herself. <laughs> um, and then at some point, I think we went to a Nutcracker and I, it was in Chicago. That was the first Nutcracker I ever saw. And again, I don't remember this moment, but my mom said, do you think you want to do that? And I was like, sure. And she put me in classes and I just never stopped. Like, I don't actually remember a moment where oh, this is the thing that I'm going to do for a living, for whatever. It was just like, I do this. Wow. And so I came up, I mean, we moved a lot when I was a kid, so Mm -hmm. we always found whatever studio was nearby, so I kept training. I went to um, Butler University and majored in arts administration with a dance concentration. And then after that, I was in um, a ballet company in Lexington, Kentucky, called uh, Kentucky Ballet Theater for several years. And when I left there, Chicago... It was kind of our home city when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. but also was a close enough big city that I knew had a big dance scene, not just like a company. Uh, So I moved there. I moved here, actually, um, to try and figure out what the next thing was. But I love this city so much that I just have ended up staying forever. And so what's, here I am. what's the dance scene like for Chicago? So I'm based in, in London and we've got listeners of all around the world. Tell us what the Chicago dance scene feels like to you. Um, it's very diverse. Uh, we have the two major dance companies in the city are the Joffrey Ballet mm-hmm. and Hubbard Street Dance Chicago, mm-hmm. which are totally different. Yeah. I mean, Hubbard Street is very contemporary. Joffrey, now under current leadership, um, is turning it more classical. Um, they're doing more of the classical rep as opposed to the, the more modern ballets that mm-hmm. happened when it was founded. Um, but they're both great, but also big. Um, and then there's um, a huge mix of jazz and contemporary and little tiny modern things that happen in storefronts like our theaters. Um, it's very, very diverse. There's a lot of room, I think, for people to do whatever their thing is. <laughs> There's space for it. Um, yeah. But it is big, which means it's spread out and it's just a big city in general. So it's hard to find 
to gather your people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Out yeah. of the millions of people that live here to find your people who can come on the two days that you're doing your yeah. thing. Um, that's tough. But I mean, it's very diverse. And I mean, and Chicago, this is not my personal background, but Chicago has a really uh, amazing tap history, mm-hmm. house, um, all of those things that like I'm not well versed in, but the house was born here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a lot happening here. Um, and I feel like sometimes the, the genres get siloed off a little bit. Like okay. if you follow the contemporary stuff, you know everything that's going on, but maybe you have no idea what's going on with the tap companies in town. Mm. Um, but when they do cross or run into each other, I feel like it, everyone is very interested in what everyone else is doing. It's very collegial. Like, that's so cool. What are you doing it? Where are you doing it? How are you? Do- There's, um, there is a friendliness, I feel, at least in my experience, across the board. Um, so that, like, you're doing this thing, I'm doing this thing, that's amazing. How do we help each other that do sounds, Yeah, that sounds, it does sound like a, um, a really sort of thriving scene um, in, quite, in such a yeah. huge city with so much to see um, and to access yeah. and to collaborate and and perhaps to try and draw those genres uh, together at some some points. So this might be a good time to talk about um, dance in the parks. I I certainly want to talk about your experience as a teacher. I'm quite quite interested in that. But tell us about why you founded Dance in the Parks um, and tell us a bit about the company first. Well, when I had danced with the ballet company in Lexington, um, they had a collaboration with the park district there to do one show every year in August. They built a temporary stage around a tree in a historic park downtown, and they did two weekends of an outdoor show. And since at that time, that was the only company in town, Mm -hmm. I think there's more now, but um, we were kind of the dancers. So that's what we did. So they threw together a show. We did it outside in point shoes on a plywood stage with Marley, like in a million percent humidity in the South in August. So like the performance aspect of it was hard because it was hot and it was sweaty and you know, whatever. But I really loved a being outside because dancers almost never get to do that for inside kids and B the way the audience behaved differently because it was very casual. It was their own park that they hung out in all the time. The kids could run around or wiggle or talk. You mm. brought the dog, you brought the dinner. Like mm. So they were engaged in it, but the rules were different yeah. than when they came to see us in the opera house. It was also more accessible because I think then it was like $3 admission, mm-hmm. something. So, I mean, more people could come. It was obvious we were out in the middle of a park in the middle of the city. People, what is that? We will go see it. And I just really loved it. And then when I moved to Chicago, um, it's a huge city, but our park district is amazing. There's at least a tot lot in every neighborhood. Oh, Most wow. neighborhoods uh, have all, a tot lot, like a little playground. Like oh, it's just I see. part of a block, but okay. it's at least like a place for kids to go play yeah. that's fenced in. Um, but most of them also have larger green spaces with field houses, athletic fields, various other things. Um, the park district offers classes in whatever anybody wants to teach. So, I mean, it's been, it's a very progressive, historically, organization 
for the city, not only from like, you could go get your workout at the gym, but mm. I mean, language classes, crafting classes, you need a wood shop, you can go to the wood wow. shop, like ways to make people in the city better yeah. if they want it. Mm-hmm. And there, and it's everywhere. I mean, it's wow. north, south, east, west, it's all over the city. There's big, beautiful, gorgeous parks, there's little tiny ones. Um, and as we already talked about, this huge dance community doing so many things all over the place, but like inside a theater or inside a storefront mm. or hard to find. And at, and at that time, nobody was working in the summer. It was just a fall to spring season and then everybody was off. Um, that's a little different now. Companies are finding more ways to kind of keep things going mm. all year. Um, but I was like, nobody's using these assets that we have. So that was my, I was like, somebody needs to do this. And then looking around and I was like oh I think that means I have to do this because everyone else is doing their whole thing and it took me a while I mean I was I moved to the city in 2004 and our first actual season was 2009 Mm -hmm. so it took me a little while to get my feet under me as just like a human in a new city and being able to pay bills Um, and then to find the people who would help me because we had to make a whole I mean we're our own nonprofit. we had to build that and then we had to get the dancers and the choreographers and everybody on board. There was a lot of begging the first year, yeah. I remember. I can <laughs> imagine. <laughs> yeah, we'll be good. But, um, but yeah, that was 2009 was our first season that we made it work. We wow. had four shows scheduled and one got rained out. And I think our whole audience, like all together, was maybe 200 people. And now for year 10, we've reached over 10,000. Wow. That's astounding. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's exciting. And I mean, we're still tiny. I mean, it's this one time of the year when we do this thing, we have 22 days of rehearsal. Everybody's got to come in and get their jobs done and be ready. So it doesn't feel big. It doesn't feel established. It doesn't feel veteran in any way, but 10th season. It's quite, I mean, it's yeah, that's quite an achievement, but also 10,000 people coming to, yeah. into contact with dance. In a park, yeah. <laughs> in the in the city, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it really is quite amazing. And did you think it would grow to to this, or was this your sort of you know your burning desire? I had no, I had no idea. Um, and I think I, we owe a lot of our growth to um, our partnership with the park district. It started with me just getting somebody's contact information and being like, I think I can do this thing. Mm. And for this woman who is still the, um, Krista Brisky Richard, uh, she's still the director of the culture arts and nature part of, um, the park district. But she was like, seems good. Do you need money from us? And I was like, uh, we don't have any, she's like, we don't really have any, but they gave us the space for free. They give us the stage for free. That's the park yeah. district stage that we use. Um, but we started it and it worked. I mean, like people showed up, people enjoyed it. And we did a couple of years, of, it was like four shows, five shows. They gave us a little bit of money every year. It wasn't much. I had to do a lot of fundraising myself. But um, six years ago, our current mayor started an initiative called Night Out in the Parks. So there's specific funding for the Chicago Park District to do this cultural programming through the summer. So they got a little bit more money, 
but also the push to put things in the parks in the summer when we can be outside. Um, and so that helped. I mean, we grew, we did like 10 shows at a time and then 16 shows at a time because we had the funding from those specific funds to build it because they had the infrastructure for all of the summer programming. They do more than a thousand events throughout the park in like three months. I mean, it's bananas how much work they do. And it's music of all kinds. It's dance of all kinds. It's participatory stuff. It's crafting. So tell us about the sorts of shows. Take classes. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, really, Chicago in the winter is mostly the worst, but Chicago in the summer is so beautiful, and Chicago's take advantage of those three months. I mean, you're at the beach, you're out at the festivals, you have to be outside soaking up all of the sun that we have, because we don't have it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like London. So when we summer, we summer hard. Yeah. yeah. So tell me what the reaction of the audience have been, like, those who are coming maybe for the first time or what do people tell you in that massive 10,000 who come and visit you every year now? Well, that's not an annual number. We're probably at about 3,000 oh, per year. Still amazing that, numbers. The 10,000 was like oh, accumulative over our 10 years. Oh, okay. uh, or well, our nine years so far because we haven't done our 10th season yet. We're working on it. Um, most of the time, our the reaction is really great. Um, it's such a novel thing to walk into a park that you do that you're in every day for whatever reason and have this, you know, stage set up and people dancing that, um, even if people don't stay, uh, you can, they'll stop and hang out, you know, get off the bike, see what's happening. Um, and our goal really is to make sure that they're, that we are producing the most professional version of concert dance that we can given that we are outside Mm -hmm. with no bells and whistles to make sure that if it is your first concert dance experience, that it is excellent. Um, I feel like there's um, stereotypes, you know, that Mm -hmm. exist about what ballet is and contemporary dance and all Mm -hmm. that. And I think that is changing a little bit with the kinds of dance that are on TV. Um, So you think you can dance and dancing with the stars and things like that are Mm -hmm. putting different kinds of dance in front of people, uh, even though that's not, it's a, it's a more commercial type of dance than what we do. I think it, the movement style is at least not quite as new, mm-hmm. um, but we do want it to be an excellent first experience of real choreographers trying to make work that say things, totally trained dancers who mm-hmm. are able to perform well, so that if that is your first experience, you are interested in following up which is part of, we take our show to 14 different places. So uh-huh. it's the same show every time. But to try to connect to the existing dance community, we have holes in our show where we can plug in youth performance partners. And we try to keep those as local to the park that we're at as possible. So it's kids, but it's also your kids. The it's ones that such are a good here. idea. Right. So if you want to take classes, that's the place. Like, go yeah. talk to that lady over there who brought those <laughs> kids. She'll get you in a class. Or And then at the end, um, we reach out to other professional companies in the city and ask for ticket donations. And at the end of the show, in exchange for your um, survey, we'll give you a raffle ticket. And we raffle off um, a different pair of tickets to a, see a show in the regular fall to spring season for someone else's show. So Such an, another great idea. 
So we can't really get rid of all of the barriers to getting into the theater. Um, Transportation is an issue for a lot of the south and west sides where we perform. So I can't necessarily make it free to get downtown to go to the auditorium theater, Mm -hmm. but I can get you tickets. So we can't always take care of child care. We can't always take care of transportation, but we try to kind of lower the barriers Mm -hmm. into the dance community by pointing people to other things that they can do until we come back next summer. <laughs> that sounds so great. And, and what do what do people, what's the response from the audience and people who come, what do they say to you or what do they say they about it? They love it, it for yeah? the most part. We almost never get uh, bad feedback. feedback. Um, and I mean, and some of the quote unquote bad feedback isn't bad. I mean, Just there feedback. are people who, yeah, um, yeah, yeah um, some of it, there have been several times when we're on the West side, when people are like, you need more African-American dancers. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. you are correct. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. But we hire by either rehiring people who've danced with us before or having an audition. And it's a very specific hire. I mean, we have 22 days of rehearsal. If you can't do all of the things that I ask you to mm. do in an audition, I can't use you because it's too fast. Mm. And I have to go from that audition. So yeah. the people who show up or don't show up, and I try to reach out like all over the city, like, please, everybody come. But it's such a very specific um, skill set yeah. that I feel like I, I'm kind of tied to who shows up. Yeah. Um, and she's right. I would love to have the most diverse company that Absolutely. I can have yeah. so that we really let people all over the city see themselves in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's one audition. Yeah, but for those for those for those who come and sort of you know bring their family, their dog, and their picnic, like you said before, um, yeah. they must um, love being able to be up so close um, to dancers. Which, oh, for sure. Yeah, and to be outside yeah. and to be relaxed and to enjoy it while they're, whilst their kids run around. Yeah, absolutely. And I I haven't gotten specifically feedback from dance in the parks, but that was one of the things that when I was dancing in Kentucky, friends of mine who would come to the show would be like, it was just kind of cool to see you like sit over there and do crunches while you weren't dancing. Yeah. I was like, that was the best part of the show. That was it. <laughs> uh, I feel like you got ripped off much wise. <laughs> there were other really great things happening. You should have been paying attention to, oh. but, and it's not uncommon for kids to get up, super close to the stage and dance with us. Oh. I mean, we try to keep them away from it for safety purposes. Yeah. But I mean, they'll put elbows up and like feet are swinging by their face and they don't care. Oh. And little ones that are jamming out on the other side will make a run for the stage before mom catches them. We, mm. we get at least two videos a year of <laughs> a small child trying to join us, which is amazing. It's so it's so cute, but also to think that perhaps some of you know the audience, unless you took you know dance in the parks to their local park, they may not actually get this opportunity to to see professional dancers and to be inspired. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I feel like there's huge parts of the population where like that's not even a thing they know about. Yeah, wouldn't ever consider I mean, doing it. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, if that seems so foreign to me i mean just like of course this is my whole entire life this is what i do every day but um you know there's an entire population that just that's not even a a form of entertainment they would think about 
Yeah. Much less a career path, mm. which, again, may be ill-advised for some. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> not the easiest career path. <laughs> yeah, and not really lucrative most of the time either. No. So, but worth it. Yeah. Worth it. Well, actually, now that you talk about the sort of career path and, uh, you know, inspiring, you know, the young kids who come up and, and see you and try and run on stage, which is just adorable, um, you are quite uh, a serious dance teacher um, and I've, I see that a lot of your students all have gone on to other prestigious college um, programs, professional careers in ballet and contemporary and, com- and other commercial sort of dance opportunities and within the industry. I'm interested um, in your perspective and you talked about, you know, you have this audition for Dance in the Parks and, you know, you've got one shot to, you know, select, you know, find and select those who are able um, either time-wise or skill-wise, etc., for Dance in the Parks. But when you're in the class as a dance teacher, and what are, what are you sort of looking at or what is your philosophy or, or approach when you are standing at the front there? Well, I specifically teach ballet and all ballet things related. So even mm-hmm. though the company is very contemporary, what I generally teach is classical. Okay. Um, and that, I feel, is a more limited career path um, I mean, if you can do it, if you were born with the genes and yeah. the work ethic and all of the things and you can just do ballet as your career, I am here to help. Let's do it. Yeah. But I would say a majority of the people that I teach, maybe a ballet career isn't the thing, but the dance world is huge. Yeah. Like There is room for you. You just got to be willing to do all the things until you figure out where your spot is that you can do the thing. Um, so in a ballet class, um, expectations are high. I mean, technique must be met, Mm -hmm. but safely. I mean, it's physically, it's important for everyone to safely be able to do all the things to the ability that they can do it. Because as much as I have many, many, many students who have gone on to dance careers, most of them are not going to or and don't even want to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they'll tell you, like, I'm going to be an engineer. And I'm like, great. Still straighten that knee for me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> love it. They love it. So we got to be safe about it. And mm-hmm. we have to still continue to love it. But you can learn all the other things. Like, you're really strong. You can do things that are hard. Whether that's mentally or physically or spiritually, like all of those things come into the studio with you. So when you are an engineer, (laughs) you have to work on these problems. You can know that you can figure out the steps and the things that you have to do on the way. And yes, it's going to be hard. And also you're going to be fine. So I think there's a lot of that in the classroom while I'm also requiring high levels of technique. I mean, that's why we're here. We're going to do ballet, so let's do the best ballet we have. And then when you go to jazz and I poke my head in, I see you messing around, I'm also going to give you the look. I'm like, that's not what we do. Yeah. (laughs) We do the best jazz we could do while we're there. And I feel like that's too, I mean, I think that kind of bleeds over into the company too, whereas... I teach company class two days a week. My rehearsal director teaches company class two days a week. She does other, she does contemporary, she does modern, she does jazz, whatever. 
But in the rehearsal studio, the expectation is that you know what you're doing. You've reviewed what needed to happen from the last time. We're ready to go. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to like baby you through all of this. And that's the reason that we can put a show together in 22 days of rehearsal. Is that like everybody's got to be on board for this? Yeah. I'm not messing around. <laughs> and we have a great time, but I mean the the culture in the room is that we're going to do this well, but we have to do it quickly. So you need to get on the ball. Yeah, I'm here to help. Um, yeah. And what sort of dancers um, come to the auditions, um, and what sort of dancers end up performing? Do you, are they? A, a range you say sometimes you you know you, you work with people who worked before but what sort of uh yeah who, who wants to be involved they're it's mostly they're very strong contemporary dancers i mm -hmm. mean everybody's got their training in traditional ballet modern mm -hmm. jazz blah 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 but chicago is just full of really good contemporary dancers and Fantastic. that's what our choreographers are so even though every choreographer has their own kind of little take or style and all the themes of what we do are different um it's generally modern and contemporary based so i need people who can pick that up quickly and also improvise in it because a lot of the choreographers have they incorporate the use of the dancers brains mm -hmm. in the creation of the movement so that happens at the audition as well we throw them little creation tasks to see if they can roll with it Wow. I, yeah. know. I think that, um, yeah, oh, it's a lot. I mean, yeah. we start with ballet. We do some rep from the previous year to just see if you can pick up. Um, and then, well, and I probably shouldn't give my secret away. We do two reps. <laughs> okay. One is to just let you show me that you are a contemporary dancer mm -hmm. after everyone's been terrified of the ballet class. <laughs> it's fine. And then the next one is usually too fast and we don't give them enough time to learn it and then we make them do it because it does happen in our performances that yeah. things do not go according to plan and I need to see you roll with the punches when it's not going well. Wow. <laughs> so we stress them out on purpose which I don't tell them when we're there and now I'm giving up my secret but <laughs> we purposely don't let them get comfortable. <sighs> and then at the end we do like an improv thing where like you make up a phrase and then you and you have to figure out how to make these phrases work together and then you and you and you and we mix it all up just to see how their brains work but it, and, and I love that I mean it's so challenging but I also love how you talk about the brain of the dancer you know it's not just about the body and it's not just about the movement but it also can't about, be. Yeah. it can't be it's so boring when it's just but my legs and feet do the thing it's <laughs> It's got to be all of the, it, I feel like when, the most interesting things that I watch are very rarely just the technique. Mm. It's that I can see what they're thinking about when they do it. And that I'm sure is very specifically a teacher thing. Like I can watch a body and tell what they're thinking about while they're doing it. But that's what I find so interesting is like the math that is happening that makes this beautiful thing that you look at as opposed to just like, well, her leg is higher. Oh, yeah. Higher. <laughs> yeah. Really interesting. That feeling of seeing them feel what they're doing somehow mm. is what makes it really interesting, which sounds crazy. No, it doesn't sound crazy. I think it sounds, it sounds beautiful and, and intelligent and it sounds 
sort of holistic and complete, you know, as you say, not just who has the highest leg and the greatest turnout and, you know, who can, you know, recreate what I've just, you know, a, a set piece of um, rep that people know, but actually how right. do they respond and how do they react and who are they as people um, and how does that create their movement and, and their performance? I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Right. Yeah. Well, um, and it's a hard thing, like from a teaching point of view, that's such a hard thing. I need you to get your technique together. I need you to stand in this class and just think about all of the physical things that you have to do so that your body will train itself to do the things that you're going to be asked to do mm-hmm. if you are a professional. But then that it kind of requires turning yourself off to just do the mechanics of it, mm-hmm. which doesn't make it interesting later. Mm-hmm. So there has to be that point when they start getting solid and aren't falling over when they try to do things anymore, where you have to be the person in the room. I mean, I need you to talk to me about mm. when I ask you a question and I need you to ask me the questions that you have. And I, I sometimes, if I'm a guest somewhere, that whole like button up, be respectful, don't talk, like it takes me classes and classes for that. So you have to answer my question. It wasn't rhetorical. I need mm-hmm. you to open your mouth and talk to me because there you, I need to know you're here and you're thinking and you're not just staring at me and pretending to absorb the words that I'm saying. I need you to be here. And I think in some of my like upper intermediate and advanced classes, we do get a little chatty, but it comes from like, I need you to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand, I need you to ask because I can't tell. I can tell that you don't know what you're doing, but I don't know if you're confused about how or order or you're just having a rotten day. Either all of it, fine, but I need you to ask me what you need so that maybe later in a room where someone's like, I need you to do a dance about an apple and a pancake. They're like, can you give me more direction? <laughs> you know, and not feel stupid yeah. just be like I'm missing information somebody give me some more information and be able to stand up as a human being and not just shut up and be a dancer mm. appropriate in some situations not most situations that I've worked in wow that certainly wasn't I remember my ballet classes there certainly wasn't any talking when I was no talking. doing it when I was growing uh, and up the chat, <laughs> yeah exactly and the chit chat amongst the students not into it but I do need, like, the relationship yeah. between me and each one of them. I need to know you're here as a person, mm. you know. And if you're having a bad day, okay. But let's establish that. Yeah. <laughs> so that it's not you being lazy. Because mm. sometimes they look the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So just, let me know. It's cool. Let's do that. And if you are having a bad day, then probably you're already a win for showing up. So, We'll talk tomorrow. Oh. You know, like you got to be people first, even though you do still have to turn out more and point your foot. Yeah, <laughs> that's wow. Um, it's a hard mix. Yeah, and I think I think also um, it's it asks a lot of a person. I think to be physically and emotionally and intellectually um, present and engaged and. And then to be able to articulate it as well and to be able to question. And there's also a freedom, I think, and and a 
empowering sense that I hear from that, from what you give to dance, that, sorry, that you would give to the young students. It, it feels very empowering and very um, sort of um, limitless almost to me. Yeah. Well, and too, I mean, and I don't think a lot of them are very good at it for a very long time. Mm. You know, I mean, but that's what class is for, right? Yeah. You practice. You're not there to be good. You're there to get better. So like, I'm going to just keep picking on those shy 11 year olds to be like, what are you missing? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I can tell what it is, but yeah. like, you, need to, <laughs> you need to figure it out. And I think too, that's part of, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, like maybe they don't all grow up to be professionals, but shouldn't we raise the professionals we want to work with? Yeah. There may have been a place and a time and maybe there still is, but I didn't work in it where you do need to just, shut up and learn the steps mm. but nobody likes working that way no <laughs> I mean, it's very frustrating yeah you know and to just these are the steps do it the way I said and then you're the obnoxious one for asking the question about like but does it go like this you know whatever yeah I would rather raise dancers who expect people to treat them like people yeah so that maybe you know the environment changes yeah. Because well, I'm not asking for anyone to baby them. Yeah. I mean, you need to come in and you have yourself together and be ready to go. But, I mean, we're all people. It is a job. You're paying me to do my job. Yeah. I don't actually have to stand here and listen to you yell at me. How about you just, we exchange information so that yeah. I am not frustrating you. That seems like more of a job yeah. <laughs> that I would like to do. I wish and you then were, also, yeah. how lucky are we to dance? I yeah. mean, that shouldn't Absolutely. be the only thing. You're so lucky to do this. Mm. That's like, honestly, I, I just think I, I wish, I wish, I wish you. <laughs> I would love to have had that experience when I was when I was growing up. I have to say, and I can imagine yeah. that the the, the students well, in the class I don't think I always had that experience yeah. growing up. I think things I mean, have changed since we, we sure. you know, you know. Over yeah. over the decades, dear God, <laughs> you know, yeah. long time ago well, when I was a child, you know. yeah, he's hoping, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and I never had really any horrible experiences at all. I no. had a lot of while I was working, a whole lot of like, we're in this together. Mm. And while people would get frustrated, it was very rarely directed at somebody. But we've all heard the horror stories, yeah. And there's still misbehavior happening in the news. Yeah, I mean. Why don't we just raise our dancers to expect more of themselves and therefore those around them? Yeah, and then to speak out when it's not achieving that yeah. high, high standard. Yeah. So right. talking of high standards, um, it's your 10th season um, of Dance in the Parks. What are you doing that's extra special to celebrate this quite monumental um, moment for you? Well, I don't know that we're monumental. <laughs> I don't feel like our, we reached the state of monumental at the size that we're at. Um, okay. We are, uh, outside of the performances, we are having, um, and we have not announced it yet, but we are having um, like a reunion. I'm trying to get all of our artists over the last 10 years to at least come to a show and then have a little event afterwards Fantastic. where we can catch up. And I mean, it's been, I feel like it's, it's over 100 people that we've hired in 10 years. Wow to make things and tech things and all of that. Um, we have, we, we commissioned a 
finale last year that was supposed to do what it's going to do this year, but the scheduling didn't work out to fulfill the two parts of it. So last year, our professional company learned the finale that we're doing. Um, Joshua Blake Carter, who has been a longtime member of Giordano Dance Chicago, which is a, for, it's been around 60 something years, I feel like, the jazz company, Gus Giordano's company. Mm -hmm. Um, He choreographed our finale last year called Our Town that really is his idea of like all of the great things about Chicago in the summer. And we were supposed to have our youth partners join us at the end. So there's like a 45 second ditty at the end that they're going to do in front of the stage. So we truly have a big, huge finale with everybody in it. But he couldn't come in work with our professional company until the week before the show last year. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't implement it with the kids. So this year we're starting it with some of our longtime youth partners. Um, they are learning this little finale bit. So we will have a true full cast finale at the end of our show, which I think will be so great. We love having those kids on our show and it always felt wrong to have us close it and be like, see you later. kids." <laughs> 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 you need to be a part of this. Yeah. yeah. Get on stage. <laughs> off during our show. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting. Um, we have some returning choreographers who, um, Peter Carpenter, he always does really thoughtful, even if they're not outwardly political, really thoughtful pieces of, choreography um and he hasn't been able to work with us for several years because he's the chair at the dance center at columbia college here in town and it's just a busy busy man and Mm. he's back and he made a piece called this is what uh cooperation could look like Ah. oh and i mean and that's all he doesn't have any other commentary with it but just in the times a few words though isn't it (laughs) right yeah um, and it's so nice to have him back. I tried to get a bunch of returning people, but some of our people have um, have been longtime Chicago artists have moved on to other jobs out of the city, so it's hard to get them to come back. Yeah. Um, but I'm just I'm so proud that we're at a point where choreographers come to me when I used to have to beg <laughs> people, please, will you do this thing? I swear it will be good. <laughs> Um, but now people are so interested in like, that's such a cool project. If you need anybody for next year, please keep me in mind. Like I get to pick from all of the amazing talent in Chicago it's because incredible. they're interested in being a part of it, which is amazing because there's reasons why it's not an easy job. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta absolutely. work really fast. You gotta have a plan. Most of them don't always know the dancers before they walk in that room, you know? And no, you can't have a light or a blackout or a wing. I'm sorry. We're going to make a dance. It's a good dance. <laughs> yeah. So what's, after your 10 years, and although you say it's not monumental, I think it's still, you know, 10 years is quite a huge thing. Um, and doing such I a good thing as well. That's how we did it. <laughs> well, like, it, you know, like you say, in, in the studio, you just continue to get better and better. Um, what's what's the next ten years looking like? Um, if you could, if you've dared to sort of look beyond, right? Um, I I don't know how big we can get. I would love to do a longer summer season. I don't know that I can get dancers. I mean, they all have contracts that mm. they're on, and you know, so I can't get them until they're done. So we got to have some rehearsal time. So maybe we could do things through July and August and do more of them. But that also depends on the park district. I mean, their night out in the park schedule is so crazy Mm. that 
they might not actually be able to squeeze us into more things because we use their stage. Um, it would, I, I would love to try and get out of the city and kind of the collar counties, some of the suburban park districts around. Yeah. Um, but that is a, an, a budgetarily exponential jump because mm. we don't have a stage. So we would have to rent one and rent people to set it up and travel farther. So it's not that it couldn't be done, but it's a big leap yeah. monetarily for us to be ready to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to just kind of keep creeping away from the city center. And because I mean, all the dance, all the professional dance is in the city. Yeah. I mean, there's not even really, there's maybe one or two performance venues in the nearby um, suburbs that are frequently used for dance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't really, I mean, you really do have to come into the city to see whatever's happening dance wise in the city. So it'd yeah. be nice to kind of reach out there. And I mean, we got all the dance studios in the suburbs. I mean, I teach at several of them. There is no shortage of really good youth performers that we could pull in, but it's a matter of each suburban city, like getting to their park district and where can we do it? And I have to move a stage and hire people. Yeah. And so the scale up is a big scale up. But, um, still, but, uh, but yeah. the aspiration. Yeah, sure. So if there's any funders out there who want us to bring more dance to Elgin, I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. I'll put a, put a call no out. Brands in Chicago. Put your logo and your money behind Dance in the Park so they can take dance out to the studio, we'll out to the suburbs. I'm ready. I'm ready. Absolutely. I don't mind the extra work. No, I, I absolutely trust you don't. You sound like you've got enormous amounts of energy and drive and ambition. Um, I just want to thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about Dance in the Parks. I wish you all the best and for your 10th season, which sounds amazing. And give us the dates. Uh, We start Tuesday, July 10th, and it runs weeknight evenings until August 3rd. And all of our dates and the information about the partners who are joining us, as well as our ticket giveaways, are at our website, which is danceintheparks.org. One dance, many parks. Sometimes extra S's get in there. Dance in the parks. (laughs) danceinthepark.org yep great stuff thank you so much Katie lovely to talk to you thank you so much for having me Um, I really enjoy your podcast keep up your great work don't forget to subscribe we've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers we love dance and ballet and we hope you'll love us join us on Facebook and Twitter